Hey, my name's Alex and welcome to Alex Listens. This is the place where I talk about things like philosophy and politics and identity and race and that kind of stuff. So today I had a conversation with Jess. And Jess is a number of things. She is a graphic designer, although I think at the ripe old age of 25, she has retired from graphic designing permanently. She is also um, a person who makes a lot of things and a person who has a lot of really interesting things to say about a lot of things. So that's why we had a conversation. And originally this was pitched as Jess interviewing me because Jess thought it would be cool to interview me, but it didn't really turn out that way. And we had a conversation about relationships and ending relationships and friendships and ending friendships and depression and anxiety and how that changes over time and antidepressants and how they change over time and how we have reacted to them and how they've been good and how they've been bad and that kind of stuff. So before I begin, if you're enjoying the podcast, there are a number of things you can do to support it. First of all, you can support me on Patreon. Patreon is a cool and easy platform. You probably know what it is. If you don't, click the link in my bio and (laughs) give me all of your money. Um, No, you know, like a few dollars here and there every month. You know, you buy coffee. How many times you buy coffee? Maybe during COVID, you don't buy that much coffee. But, you know, think about buying me tea because I don't drink coffee. Maybe that's reason enough for you not to support the podcast, but um, whatever. No, seriously, Patreon is great. And the podcast is pretty damn expensive to run. So it'd be helpful if you thought about, you know, helping me cover the costs, if this is something you enjoy and if this is something you would like to hear continue into the future. Um, Otherwise, you should follow me on Instagram. My handle is at AlexListens. Or you can go on my website, www.alex, you know, A-L-E-K-S dot co. Or you can email me at contact at alex.co. Whoa. That's all. Um, I miss you, you know. I hope you're good. I hope you're nice. I hope lockdown in Melbourne hasn't been too hard for you. I hope you're safe and warm. And I hope those around you are also safe and warm. And I hope you learn some things from this conversation. Anyway, bye. Hey. Hey, how are you again? Yeah, I'm good again. This is the second time we're recording the intro because... Because COVID. Because of COVID, I'm feeling very quiet today <laughs> and every day. Oh. But, um, yeah. Wow. Thank and you for having me on your podcast. I'm a, a long-time listener, first-time caller. Do you know you're not the first person <laughs> to have said that? Really? Me. Yeah, but I had to prompt the last person. Yeah. <laughs> But that's what I always say anytime anyone invites me on their podcast. Wow. Because I try and listen before you go on. Really? I think that's important to listen to someone's podcast before you guest on it. Before you, I like guest on it. Guest. Yeah. That's me. I'm a guest. Before. Oh. Um, so how's COVID? I mean, you don't. Ha- yeah, let's talk about COVID. I mean, it's pretty topical. We just went into lockdown. Mm. I went to Bunnings this morning. Mm. I went to Richie's last night. Mm. I'm saying goodbye to my favorite places. <laughs> What's Richie's for people who don't for know Richie's? For the listeners at home, um, Richie's is an exceptional supermarket chain uh, located almost specifically in, I guess, regional areas of Victoria, <laughs> probably other places too, but 
it's just an extremely wholesome experience um, when it comes to supermarkets, which at the moment just suck. Um, I had a really nice time. I had a chat to a teacher from Balnaring. And and what did they do and what did they offer to do? They were offering to pay for the woman in front's groceries because she was having trouble with her card. And he was being very serious. He wow. seemed like just a lovely person. And even though the shop was full, like to the brim, full of people, everyone was just kind of chill. Wow. Do you think, so if someone was like, if you're like, fuck, hey, we can start by the way, Fuck. Friends. If you're like, friends, my card doesn't work. And then someone was like, I'm going to pay. Do you feel like you'd be like, I owe you my fucking life. I owe you my fucking life. Um, I don't know if I would equate the amount. I mean, if it's a $143 shop, which it does tend to be as a gluten-free consumer. Right, because you buy like one, one strand one, of pasta. One and strand of like, pasta. And like 50, 50, 50 grand. Cents a, yeah. 50 grand of pasta. But... um. I mean, if someone's willing to part with it, they know what's up. Mm, as in part with their gluten-free pasta? Or well, part, <laughs> if they want to part, part with their $143, like that's – maybe I'm doing them a favor. Maybe that's right. money they actually have to get rid of. Right, because they're like, <laughs> too much. Too much money, feeling guilty. Mm. One time they stole $143 from someone who looked like me and they thought, this is my chance to leap. Back into Leap back into morality. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. So I'm really, I think if someone, anytime that anyone buys me something that I don't know particularly well, I think, let's let just let them have it. Mm. Just let them buy it. Wow. They Does obviously that happen to, to you it. often? As, as, yeah, as a, someone who identifies as female, yes. <laughs> okay. But not, not so much recently, but I remember I didn't really buy that much food or alcohol at all mm. on my three month trip to Europe Whoa. in 2016. People were buying People stuff just, for you. just bought it for me wow. and i said well that's what they want to do don't see the problem with that's what's making them happy wow not gonna just do the classic like oh no you don't have to and they're like no i'd like to and i'm like okay sure thing wow what, what's your what do you like in that i don't think that's ever happened to me yeah but like i don't really drink so it's not a concern but like how much control do you have over the drink they buy complete can you be like you know what i want like you know distilled water oh now that is actually something that's quite interesting because if you in that specific scenario where they're saying i want to buy you a drink and you say yes like gin and tonic that's fine yeah but if you take a sidestep and say you want to buy me something can i have like food can I have chips? Like we're at a bar, like maybe they serve food as well. They're like, absolutely not. And that's where you start to feel like genuinely uncomfortable right. about the human race. Because yeah. you're like, you actually just wanted me to be intoxicated. Yeah. And you don't want to buy me food. You don't want to give me a water. Mm. don't want to buy me a vanilla milkshake. Mm. Just want me to have a and t Yeah, right. Wow. And that, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, But also, I feel like the Anglo world doesn't, I feel like, I don't know, I, maybe maybe I'm wrong to generalize to the Anglo world, but I don't feel like anywhere in the world has much of a culture of buying food for strangers. That Wouldn't that be just with. such a great place? Yeah. Like a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I segueing very naturally into what we were meant to talk to you about, about today, you and me, I buy a lot of food for friends. I really enjoy the act of being like, no, no, don't worry. Like, I've got this one. 
and knowing that that will be reciprocated at some point in our friendship. Mm. Um, and that goes also for just like bringing food to someone's house or like providing people with food so they know mm. like when they come to my place, like there's always going to be food. All of my friends have dietary requirements and mm. like knowing those and like being generous with that. Um, but do you, when yeah. you say you buy them food, do you mean like you bring them groceries or you're like, hey, like you want takeaway? Like, oh, fucking. Well, it's like the other day I went to Geelong with my best friend Liz because it was our two year friend anniversary, Whoa. which is a big deal. Um, and yeah, she bought me lunch. Happy birthday. And I, Happy birthday. <laughs> it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Liz. Is it actually? Happy oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Liz. What a legend. Happy birthday. Light of my life. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, happy birthday to all cancers having a birthday this month. Keep it together. I know it's a tough time for you soft shells out there. So <laughs> <laughs> keep it collected. Um. Yeah, what were we talking about? Milkshakes. But, I, uh, she bought me lunch and I bought her a milkshake and that felt very nice. Like, this is the kind of friendship that I want to be in. Yeah. What's I going to ask? Do you remember? I don't know. <laughs> I want to ask you, how do you feel about being a Virgo? But that is definitely nothing to do with what we were going to talk about today. But before you ask me that. <laughs> Milkshakes. Cancels. Um. I don't remember. Geelong? I've never done... I was You've like, never tried to massage thought out of your head? Yeah. That's my, like... My widow's peak. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. But what to me, you know, when I sit back and I ask myself, what does it mean to be a Virgo? Yeah. You, you know do what I think? Day? Nothing comes to your mind? No, like, honestly, like, honestly, nothing. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like a sleepy dude. Yeah. And I like bananas and tea and baked potatoes. That sounds like... No, it doesn't. I was going to say it sounds like a Virgo thing, but it really it really doesn't. I Yeah. I don't... I think that my friend... I have this friend and she's really into um, astrology. And she's always like, ah, oh, you know, you're such a Virgo. And I say, oh... <laughs> okay sure. why and then she like looks at me and she's like oh you know you're so neurotic and then i say oh good <laughs> but what does it mean i actually don't really know don't what really are the know. characteristics i i move through the world in a very specific way where astrology um, way yeah like where i make weird judgments on people and i'll be like you're a water sign <laughs> i don't know about that mm. um and I'll, I'll make yeah i'll make judgments about the kind of people i want to welcome into my life like my um when i first started dating my current partner who is in the room shout out to barnaby hi um a tourist i was like everything's gonna be fine we're gonna be a tourist he's a tourist i was like in this house come on it's been like what (laughs) 18 months yeah i don't know how long we've been dating a while i think a year and three months but a year and three months ago um, when I found out that he was a Taurus, I felt like a sense of relief. I was Whoa. like, everything's going to be fine. I feel safe <laughs> in this relationship. I feel like I made all these just these judgments. I'd be like, he, he'll be on time. He'll be organized. Spoilers, he's not. <laughs> not known for his organization. Um, yeah, I just had this idea that he he's a very grounded person and he is my rock, but he's definitely not. Some of the like more like 
he's definitely not like a tourist through and through. Hmm. Um, but I will make yeah these really wild decisions of like who to be friends with. Like I became friends with someone once just because I immediately found out they were Capricorn. Wow. And I was like, yep, cool. I'm going to pursue this person. Were they a good person? <laughs> Lock it in. Um, they're, yeah, I mean, they, we do actually have a lot in common, um, which in a way kind of makes it difficult to be friends with them. Because hmm. I'm a Capricorn for the listeners at home. Um, and I think months? a lot of the, that's uh, it's from the 20th of December to the like 20th of Jan. Okay. Um, highest birth rate. No, least birth rate. That's what I meant to say. Least birth rate. In where we live, in like, Australia. Oh. There's the least Capricorns in Australia. Wow. Because. People don't have sex in. Whenever. Feb- Mar- March. March. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Libra's bit of Virgo, bit of Scorpio. Like, that's the most common mm. star sign. Just well, because of when people have sex. Mm. Um, when they're likely to make bigger life decisions as well. Around Christmas time, around Whoa. family. Yeah, right. And then yeah. every In January first, people are like, "This year, this is the I'm year. Going to do I'm going to have all. a Libra. Lock <laughs> it in. I'm going to have a Virgo. Yeah, like me, neurotic, like me. Neurotic. neurotic. I don't. I feel upset. I don't even think. I feel victimized by that yeah, person saying I don't that even you're neurotic. Think. But um, I think once upon a time, I was a bit more like, "Oh, I can't breathe. That's a panic attack. I'm mm. having a heart attack." And now I'm like, "I can't breathe. You know what?" I'm gonna go back to bed. We're gonna have a banana and potato. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So one thing we were gonna talk about um, was uh, relationship. Yeah. Which I guess we sort of did just start talking about. Yeah. But I have been going through a bit of a process over the last like yeah few years I guess of. Um, Wait. So Jess. Oh, for the listeners- I introduce myself? <laughs> Cut this in at the start. Retcon. Retcon Actually? at all. <laughs> no, we probably should. I don't really? Know. No, no, here, here. Here. What's this? It's going here. In uh, this right now. Right now. Yeah. So, excuse me. Excuse me. We are We are into the podcast. We're well really, and truly. Truly into the podcast. So, excuse me. Hi. What's your name? My name's Jess. What do you do? Um, what are you? Human yeah. being. I live here. Right. At this house. This, this is my house. This is my well-lit area. Mm. Um, and these are some of our cables and also Alex's cables. Um, I make vlogs that nobody watches, which I enjoy immensely. And I want to be a teacher. <laughs> and I create things. Um, and I like talking about stuff. Mm. Yeah. Cool. That's pretty much it. Okay. But I just moved to Summers. That's my big thing mm. that people should know about me right now. That's what I'm passionate about is how I moved to Summers and I go to Bunnings every second day and do DIY on my house. And that's my passion. Wow. Yeah. Do you, um, do you think you are defined by your lifestyle choices? Like going to Bunnings every second day or like moving to Summers? I find it, it's very interesting because you, like, no, it doesn't have to, but I like to define what's important to me, like having my surroundings, even aesthetically, like even on a very surface level, if they reinforce the values that I have, like that, that cohesion makes me happy. 
Like if I have things around me that I think are valuable because like they're beautiful or I made them or I spent time making them with someone else. Um, or if I live in a place that when I walk out the door, I'm like, wow, like this is so beautiful. Like this morning going down to the beach, I was like blown away by how beautiful it was. And yeah, just like having made those like choices rather than just like living wherever or living where's convenient because obviously summers is not convenient (laughs) for anything um apart from beach apart from beach and bunnings um but yeah i guess yeah i do what do you what do you think um yeah i feel i feel a similar way um recently i've been thinking about moving out of home well not recently ever since i got back from london which was in march now mid-march i um for the first two weeks i was fortunate enough to have a friend who because you know you have to self-isolate for two weeks and i didn't go home to my mom i went home to a friend um i didn't go home i went to a friend's house um and then i moved back home after the two weeks to my mom's house and then i was like it's kind of cool like this is my mom like she made me for like 20 years and then she I was like, making. she keeps making me. And then I was like, I know why I moved out a few years ago. Um, but I've kind of, so yes, I feel like I am the sum of my, I'm often like, I feel like I am the product of my decisions mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, obviously, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's outside of my control. Like, I I didn't choose my mom. I didn't choose my dad. Um, I didn't choose which city I was born in. But, um, yeah, like, I I think my life has taken a particular path over the past few months because I haven't, I haven't actively decided to move out mm. or I haven't actively pursued moving out. And I think that's probably one of the biggest parts of And like, I feel it. I feel like, I feel the feeling of being with my mom in the same house. And I guess there's more room in the place we live, we're living um, at the moment. But yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't really know how to make a decision. I don't know how to make the decision. What I'm realizing is that often it's hard to, I feel like there are very few things that I have clear reasons for. I don't have clear reasons for moving out apart from like a general feeling that mm. like, oh, but I think that's maybe. such an important reason. Like that's the, like I was actually in a pretty similar situation in 2016. Well, not really, but I was overseas for three months living a life of complete freedom from like responsibility, structure, anything like that. And from my parents, which are who I'd always lived with previous to that. And then got back and was like oh no (laughs) I have to move out which I had never felt that feeling before um and moved out as soon as I can could pretty much after I got a full-time job and felt secure enough and like looked for an apartment Mm. immediately as well but didn't find one for three months um that's a long time of looking yeah I'm very uh (laughs) specific set of things I look for in an apartment I guess were you living by yourself yeah, like Whoa. I decided to move out by myself, which I don't know that necessarily it was a bad decision at the time, but like if I was still doing that now, mm. I they, definitely that decision, that environmental choice, mm. like definitely affected the person I was at that time. Um, and I think part of why I think I've changed is, yeah, like making choices to be around people yeah. 
definitely like has affected my personality and like the way that I feel. Um, Cause yeah, I would just like, I've noticed even recently being here and taking a lot of pride and feeling very connected to this patch of land. So I'm taking a lot of care of the place, even doing stuff that I don't like doing, which is cleaning. <laughs> like I've actually been um, washing my towels every week. What? What? <laughs> Crazy. I actually would... ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. Not actually, but like every eight days, like trying. I mean. Trying. Every time we wash the bathroom. You wash the bathroom every wash, eight wash, days? Wash, wash, wash. Every week. Wow. Wash, wash, wash. Gotta do it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, actually. See, that's, I know what you mean. And that just reminded me that when I moved out for the first time, I realized that I don't know. There was like, there was this feeling of independence that was consolidated by the other things that I had to do to properly be independent, like cook for myself Mm. and like make sure that like my room was a room. Like, you know, like you are the one, I think things that maybe didn't feel that important previously become much more important because you have a complete. I don't know. I think for me, I, I, my mental state is very tied to the space. So I, if the space is cluttered or, or messy, I have to clean up or I will feel cluttered and messy. Mm. So, um, and when you have complete control, like the only person I battle against is my partner who is very accommodating and like works very hard to accommodate my crazy demands. <laughs> we keep having arguments about him leaving things in the sink, which is like a completely regular thing to do, but I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> You're ruining my mental serenity (laughs) with these sink items. Um, So, yeah, it's like here it's very easy to feel in control, I guess, or like feel like I can have more control, exert more control over my mental state because I have control. I can mount that mirror, Mm. which we did the other day. Felicity's home is a very lovely mirror. It's a very beautiful mirror. Um, It was, um, what's it called again? Route. Routed. Yeah. Wow. But um, what were we talking about? <laughs> What's the question? Um, I don't know. It was yeah. something about like moving out. Moving and, out. Because and I, yeah, back in Malvern when I was living with my parents for what was meant to be a year and turned into almost two years. Yeah. Um, after I sort of had quit my job, did a second Euro trip. Um, I, yeah, didn't really feel any responsibility or that I had to necessarily like clean or do a lot of washing or... I would wash my sheets like every six weeks plus. Like I would think yeah, I couldn't remember the last time I'd done any kind of maintenance of my mm. environment. Um, whereas here I feel very much like tied to it. I don't know. I feel very much like I'm the only one that's going to do it. Mm. <laughs> I'm the one that's responsible for my mental health and I'm going to take steps to fix that. And that's also pretty tied into like recently started taking antidepressants, which I had never really felt like. Yeah, it's it's a shift in my head of thinking I'm the one that has the power over the situation. I can take steps to change things. Mm. <laughs> Whereas previously I was kind of like, just keep bubbling along. Things will happen because things have always happened or whatever. And you do kind of need to take decisive action in line with your values mm. in order to get yeah into a better place. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, I you know what? I think, I don't think... I know many people who are able to do that kind of stuff, who are able to be like, 
this is what I care. Like, I have this like bag of cares mm. and needs and values. And then I have this life and like the ability to make choices. And then like often they're two separate things. And there are, there's a lot of talk about like, I, I wish, like even before I was like, I don't like, you know, I have, I know that moving out will be very good for me. But mm. for some reason I just keep putting it off because I'm like, oh, like, you know, I guess I don't pay rent at home. Yeah. And it's cool. Um, I think as well when those things that are hard are in direct opposition to, I guess, yeah, if things don't feel sensible and also if things don't align, I don't want to try to say, I guess, that like society might say that it just mm. makes sense for you to stay home right now and it's totally fine to stay at home while you're studying. Um, but your instinct is that I need to get out mm. and like you – there's so many factors that are telling you don't do that. That's not convenient. That's not smart. That's not sustainable. That's not financially responsible, which I'm sure is hard as a Virgo. <laughs> ah, <laughs> oh, ah. Welcome to our Earth Sign podcast. <laughs> we're, we're secretly obsessed with financials, but we'll never, we'll never reveal that to hey, you know anyone what I, close you know what? to us. I'm not going to talk about... <laughs> I'm not talking about star signs. Um, I was thinking before, a good name for a podcast. You said friends with food. Friends with food? Yeah. I thought that would be a good name for a podcast. What is what would happen on the podcast? I don't know. Like, <laughs> you become friends with food. Yeah, but you know the food can be it can be a metaphor. Oh, yeah. Like what what's the food? What are you what are we consuming today? Yeah, and uh, I would say hi. I brought raw spelt bread with peanut butter on it. Yeah, and, and I would say, say that's you're not toasted. Not okay. And I'd say I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> It's pretty indicative of where I'm at as a person, I think, wow. that I think, like, literally every day I've been having a bowl of Nutri-Grain at one point during the day. With a liquid? With milk. Okay, thank you. Cow's milk. I was worried. No. Well, I mean, dude, um, like, what do you, would you call that? Not raw. 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 <laughs> raw Nutri-Grain's pretty good. Dry? Dry Nutri-Grain. Have you ever had dry Nutri-Grain? Yeah, but... It's so good. Really? It's like... Probably the thing I like about Nutrigrain so much is it's so versatile. Like it has so much to bring to the table. Dry, wet, added to other stuff, crunchy topping. what? (laughs) I don't know. What would you put in Nutrigrain? Nothing. Oats, pepitas. That is not okay. Almonds. That is really bad. (laughs) Oh, maybe mixing cereal. Maybe that's okay. But I haven't had cereal for... I mean, I wasn't raised eating cereal. Mm. So really, I think I've probably had cereal, I don't know, 10 times in my whole life, 15 times. Wow. What? Yeah. Which cereals were they? Crunchy Nut. Just Crunchy Nut? Yeah. And like, I think one time I had cornflakes and I was like, this is Not just... Not as good as Crunchy Nut. Yeah. And like, I ate pretty slowly. Or I did when I was young. And I remember first time having cornflakes. I remember I'd seen all my friends at school. I don't know. Like, do you remember how you could get like the little portable ones? Like the little boxes? <laughs> portable ones. Yeah. Yeah. A little snack pack. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. they'd have that, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at school? Oh, ma- maybe not at school. That, that seems pretty wild. Sense. Do they also yeah. have a little portable milk? <laughs> milk thermos? I, I maybe bet. one kid you know, had to I bring the milk every, today, like, day. Was like, a one, kid. one kid brings a lot wow. of milk. Like, two liters? And then, you know, ten kids. It's like a cult of cereal right. kids. and it rotates. And it rotates, and every day cereal it's a different kids. <laughs> cereal kid's turn to bring the milk. I want to be part of that cult. That sounds great. <laughs> I bet that today, you know, with this wave of, like sustainable packaging Packaging. there are all these parents that are like bring bring elon elon brings the kellogg's today take your kellogg's in an aluminium basket with you know 
bamboo milk bamboo sheets. milk sheets yeah. dissolve them within water soluble milk. bamboo milk sheets yuck yeah i'm i don't know why i'm so upset that you haven't had that much cereal because i think cereals just swell no but i guess i don't think it's good this is pretty good um <laughs> i didn't okay anyway cocoa pops cocoa pops yeah Fruit Loops are no good. I was going to say Fruit yeah, Loops, but not they're Fruit not. Loops. They're no good. Um, What's? No. Maybe, maybe. I'll, you know those, like, they're kind of like wheat bix but they're uh, not. They're small and they have, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. little jam inside or Ooh, something. Oh, yuck. That sounds nasty. I don't know that. Okay. I'm, but I'm, they got, like, a fruit inside? Oh, golly. Vita... Vita wheats. No, isn't that, like... <laughs> that's, like, a thing. Like Welcome that. to our cereal podcast. Welcome to Friends with Food. Friends with Food, cereal food podcast. <laughs> I ate wheat bix every morning for 10 years. I have to change the topic. I don't <laughs> even... So, Jess, we're going to talk about... Friendship. Friendship. Yeah. Um. So... Do you have many friends? Um. You know what? I actually think... Like my my psych my psych was like, are you okay? Oh, you know, you know how they're always like. Uh, Do they? <laughs> well, you know, that's like that's like they don't like maybe they don't ask, but like mm. that's actually you know they're like they really just check you in. Okay. I mean, I think one like you know when we we're doing the whole, I want to learn about you. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, first sesh. Yeah, first Let's few. Let's hang out. They were. I think they were like, are you? You know, because I just I often describe myself as a really introverted person. Mm. Well, not really, but as an introvert. And I think people are surprised. They're like, "Oh, but like you have a podcast and you can talk to people." Podcast is surely the most introverted thing that a person can do. I feel like really. Well, it's such a safe space to like, because introverts don't necessarily not want to communicate. They mm. just don't get energy from. Mm. It. Well, that's the thing. That's what people don't seem to know. Mm. I think they think the introvert is like this reclusive like baron of the underworld who's you know just like i hate you i hate you and you and you and you get out of my house yeah but like yeah anyway my psych was like do you have friends and i thought about it and i was like you know what i i actually think i've been really blessed to net to have never felt like i haven't had friends that's really nice yeah like i had never i guess you know you like there have been times where I've wondered how much, you know, like, I guess like year nine, year 10, there was a shift, maybe even earlier, year eight, there was a shift in my high school friendship group that I felt towards like drugs and alcohol. Mm. And I was, yeah, like I, I've been like sober for pretty much my entire life. Um, There were like, I don't know, two, maybe like 19, 20, I drank a bit, 21, Mm. not too much. Um. But yeah, I remember like there was a lot of pressure to drink and like smoke pot, like whatever. And then as people aged, as we got older, there was like party drugs. Um, And I was always like, no, I am afraid. But I feel like that really, it earned me a bad reputation for being like different and snobby and thinking that I was above all this shit, which like wasn't my motivation. Um. But yeah, I think that was one of the first times, one of the only times where I've, yeah, but I feel like I've had like a few big things where I've been like, I need to reassess. Right. So you yeah. like left that friendship group well, or, not like, left, or but like, I like slowly transitioned away from. But not even, I just realized that there were like, there were things that I could do with them and things that I couldn't. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I've never really enjoyed going out in, in the evening. Yeah. 
<laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? No, I think it's just a good thing to know about yourself. Oh, really? I also don't enjoy going out in the evening. Right. Um, I've tried to kid myself. Some Every so often I try and kid myself into thinking that I can do it. So you're but an evening person, yeah. I'm a no-time person. I don't like getting up. I don't like getting down. I don't, <laughs> don't like any of it. But um, I think that's probably the biggest thing, though, with friendship and having good friends is just knowing when knowing what you can do with people and like knowing what you can get out of someone or like what they can give you, what you can give them and mm. understanding that. Um, and that's something I think that informs my friendships a lot now. So I know exactly what I do and don't want mm. and what like, it's okay as well, just to get very specific things. Like if you don't have, if you have a friend where you don't necessarily have deep conversations, like that's fine. As long as you have another three friends that you do. Yeah. Um, and that can go for like romantic relationships as well, hmm. um, which is something that I wanted to talk to you about a while ago. Okay. This concept I've been thinking a lot about recently. So I have a romantic partner who is in the room, as mentioned before, and he's making eye contact with me. Hi. Hi. Hi, romantic partner. <laughs> romantic partner. Um, who is romantic partner anonymous? He's not. I already said his name, right? Oh. Barnaby. Good name. Hi. Great guy. Um, who is, yeah, a lot of, I guess, yeah, like intimacy needs and all those sort of things. And like, he's always there for me and we have a very like strong friendship. Um, but then I also have two other close friends who I do other things with. And like amongst all of that, I feel like I have a whole relationship in a way. And like, I think that's so much, takes so much pressure off <laughs> for a relationship in a way. I think a lot of the reason why my relationships in the past have failed is I'm expecting them to be everything. Yeah. Um, and I think as you get older, you realize that that's not how human beings work. <laughs> but yeah. I, yeah, I have very strong, like my best friend Liz um, is a huge emotional support to me. And like her and my friend Sam, we yeah, just do craft together and having someone to talk to about different things. I feel like... I don't have necessarily a lot of friends, but the friends I do have, I feel like I just really strongly lean on, mm. um, which feels really good because I used to have, I think, a lot more like of quantity, <laughs> but the quality was pretty poor. I never felt like I could actually rely on the people that I would call friends, um, especially just to turn up. Mm. <laughs> That's what I look for a friend now at age 25, someone who will show up. And even like when they don't show up, I'll see him like the next day or like we'll work it out we can mm. work through it rather than i used to be friends with people that would not show up and then wouldn't see them like they would just disappear off the face of the earth yeah right um yeah i think one thing that i also think i've gone through has been the kind of the realization that people can't be everything for you um, and I think that impacted a lot of my friendships and yeah, like there were some people who I, I guess I tried, like I tried, I tried to see whether people were capable of everything. And so I tried to take, you know, like non-abstract intellectual relationships into like that zone. And I was like, Hey, like, do you want to read this book? Like, Hey, like, do you know like about this? And they'd be like, what? Like, what the fuck are <laughs> you doing? Like, actually, what are you doing? Like, I hate this shit. Like, yeah. stop it. And I was like, okay, I get it. Um, 
But then, like, the friendship kind of snapped into... Well, for me, it felt like the friendship snapped into this thing where I was like, I know what we do well together. Like, X, Mm. let's do that. Yeah. Um, Or, like, I know what we do well... Like, you know, like, different... different. When I have a different kind of energy, I spend time with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have friends I'll spend time with when I want to feel more rejuvenated. mm. Um, And I have friends I spend time with when I need to feel rejuvenated because they rejuvenate me. Like, there is that sort of give and take relationship. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's hard because I think it, it's one has to go looking to find people who mm. are like, I think I have tried, I think all my life I've, uh, maybe no, no. In my adult life, I've tried hard to find certain types of people. Um, and I think I've, I feel like I've developed a pretty good, like, awareness of like i think i'm good at being like okay first impression blah 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 Mm. what are they going to be like or like you know could i be close with this person do i want to like talk to them or whatever um that sounds very strange and i don't even know (laughs) if that's true i think it's Um, interesting because i think i do that but then when i look back on the relationships that i value the most are mm. the ones that kind of i just fell into um they just kind of happen in a way, naturally, and, like, with a bit of work, but I... Mm. And then part of that, I think, is also that I'm part of, like, a very strong community. Most of my close friends would identify as zinesters, so people who make zines. <laughs> um, so because I volunteer at a zine store, I get to hang out with them at that zine store, and we mm. volunteer together. Um, we were at zine fairs together. Um, there's, like, that very strong community around that, and it is almost like the same feeling of when, you know, as a queer person, when you meet someone else and they identify as queer, you're like, oh, I kind of trust you in the strangest way. Mm. Um, with zines, it's the same thing of like, oh, you're a bit of an oddball. Mm. <laughs> you're not going to judge me for anything mm. that someone else might. Um, you get me on some level. You are a person that likes to express yourself. Mm. Um, you're a creative person. and <laughs> You're probably not judgmental. Um, which is not yeah, not to say for all zinesters, but I haven't met any that don't tick those boxes so far. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I'm not into zines. Um, maybe it's I should time. be. Maybe, maybe it is 2020 year of the zine. Um, but like, one thing that I hadn't felt, um, I hadn't really felt like I was able to talk about with my white friends was race and colonial yeah. colonialism stuff. Um, and I realized that I had an extremely white friendship group and that like, I guess it like, you know, I, I was raised in a really white part of Melbourne, like Carlton North. Yep. I went to a really white primary school and a really white secondary school. And like, you know, I thought I was white. I like, didn't acknowledge that there was this other side to me that is like different mm. and not like, you know, from a very different part of the world from different continent whatever um and then i guess i feel like a lot of my engagement with you know that side of politics and that side of my identity came from a chance encounter with someone who is now one of my closest friends and i've interviewed them on the podcast twice they're called steph oh wow yeah they're my housemate wow yeah did you i have listened to one of them yeah yeah um yeah, she is she's the best. It is really nice to have someone yeah that you Yeah. 
Yeah, like, and that's, I think we were talking earlier today before we started recording mm. um, that I never used to really have a lot of female friends and now the majority of my friends are gender non-conforming or femme mm. and a lot of them are queer, <laughs> if not all of them, mm. pretty much. So um, that is such an affirming friendship group to be a mm. part of. Like, I never, like, and yeah, people that don't fall into those categories are still, like, ex- like very powerful allies of those groups and i don't ever feel like i'm taking up space i feel like if i someone noticed i wasn't taking up space they'd be like hey jess like you're allowed to take up space like it's such a supportive environment and so different to like the general population as well that i do kind of get a bit shocked sometimes i'll be somewhere and i'm like oh this is all men (laughs) and i'll feel really uncomfortable because i haven't like i think i actually went to a party um at Play Reactive, where um, Barney B's involved in, and What's because that? it was a games, it was like an after party for a games event. Okay. So a lot of men <laughs> were in like there. Video games? Yeah. Mm. Um, and I just felt so uncomfortable, mm. and I don't, couldn't really place it. And I'd, I'd gone from the, in the last like two or three years, like majority of my friends were men, and I would play a lot of board games and do role play all with these like all male groups, and then flash forward two years and i like have now finally like i ran harry potter role play with like all my femme friends which is so nice it's so nice to do role play with um people that yeah will hold space like regardless Mm. of their gender but people that will hold space and like make space for other people because a lot of the people i was playing with just like maybe coincidentally with their gender (laughs) very bad at holding space um but what a coincidence. What a coincidence. <laughs> Society. Um, but yeah, it's, it is really affirming, I think, to mm. be around. Yeah. Did you, did you notice that those people weren't able to hold or create or show you to the particular space that you felt you needed? Or it, yeah, it's definitely something I've, I can notice in retrospect, but I wasn't. Okay. Like, how did you make the shift? Or like, how, were you just like, these are bad people? Yeah, to a degree. There was like, yeah. it, I think that happens with friendships. Like when you think about friendships that maybe have fallen apart, you can usually point out two or three like instances mm. where you're like, oh, that was a trigger for me. Or like, that was a red flag where I, I could see this person wasn't the person I thought they were, or they're not the person that I need them to be. Mm. Um, so I pretty much just had that with some of the core people and they were part of a group. So, you know, cut them out, cut the group out. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I don't. It's um, it's hard because I think when you're in that, you don't notice. You really don't notice that you're not being the best person you could be. Mm. And like being in that situation always made me kind of a bit bitter or aggressive or like on edge effectively. And I was like, yeah, definitely trying to overcome something I couldn't even tell was there. Yeah, but that's like, I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the hardest parts of being a social animal is that (laughs) like you only get perspective into your, you only get perspective into things when you go elsewhere or Mm. like when you see something else or when you experience something else. Um, And yeah, it's hard. Like it's hard to, because if you don't have access to another part, another way of thinking about the world, or if you, if, you know, let's say, like, you just hadn't met 
uh, like you hadn't met these people that have been a part of your life. Let's say you didn't, you weren't like, oh, I'm into zines. You were like, mm. oh. I do. I think about that a lot, actually. It's kind of scary. Yeah. But like, imagine, like, um, imagine. And like, yeah, it's, it's actually, it's kind of frightening that, um, that we don't have, or it doesn't, it feels like, uh, like, um, someone asked me recently what I thought about chance and like time and chance and i was like what (laughs) and then they were like do you ever feel like you might be presented with this opportunity to change your life but you won't know that it's that Mm. you know a big thing because you haven't seen how it could change you and like what it what kind what sides of your personality it could bring out or which sides it will suppress or whatever and i was like no i haven't really thought about that but i guess that happens all the time um without having a conscious awareness of Mm. like what's happening like you know you meet a person and you have no idea what they do outside of you know the few minutes that you talk to them and then they say oh hey like come to this zine event like i think you'll like it and then you go and then you're like well fuck like (laughs) this is my thing yeah this is my thing yeah um yeah and you know, like how, how, like it's how? It's pretty. Yeah. I don't know. I. It seems like the sort of thing that I should be almost scared of, mm. but I actually find it extremely reassuring right. because I feel like there's been a lot of times in my life where that, yeah, that sort of life changing event has happened. Mm. Um, like they will just keep happening. <laughs> they will yeah. just keep coming up, and anytime that you're open to change, like that's when they'll come up, I guess. Because otherwise, yeah, you just squash them. Mm. <laughs> they won't happen for you, but. Um, knowing that you need a change, I guess that automatically makes you kind of receptive to mm. change. Um, I feel like I was about to ask you something, but now I've totally, oh. totally blanked. Ding, dang, dong. Ding, dang, dong. Ding, dang, dong. Um, yeah. One thing, I think one thing that has made me feel more open to change has been antidepressants. Hmm. I think it makes it easier to change. Yeah. For sure. And I don't know why or how, but <laughs> it's, I think I started taking them in like April last year. Okay. Um, first while was pretty fucked up. <laughs> first few weeks I was like, <laughs> I haven't slept. Oh no. And I'm shaking all day. Oh my God. That's awful. Yeah. Um, it was pretty bad, but like, I felt good about it. Yeah. Like I felt, I was like. <laughs> I remember, yeah. I felt like I had very bad side effects um, for just for the first week. Mm. I had, was very sick, like nauseous. Oh, no. Um, but that's classic me, you know. Can't tolerate anything. Um, that's why I don't, don't drink or do drugs. <laughs> My body says, no, thank you. Only selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Yeah. And I, yeah, but I, I had this feeling of like, oh, I'm making a change. I'm being receptive to change. Mm. I'm trying to actively change my life. So therefore I feel good about this. Even though yeah. I feel fucking awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have they, like, what, what's your experience of them being like? I do feel like it gives me just a tiny bit more space than I would have had otherwise. Like in that, your brain. In my brain. Yeah. And like something that I was trying to work on a few months ago, read, um, that act book happiness trap you familiar with the happiness trap act yeah australian capital territory that's the one <laughs> it's a good therapy um oh, it's called acceptance commitment therapy um it's great 
can't recommend it enough. That's one of the things that sort of changed my life. I felt like it really changed my life at the time. But it's only since I've started taking antidepressants that I feel like I can actually put a lot of things in that book into mm-hmm. practice. Because well, the point of the book is like, you notice that you are struggling with something, you're having some kind of strong emotional time, you notice it, you accept it, and then you commit to doing something about it in a way or like taking action mm-hmm. outside of that to, yeah, I guess if you're feeling a bit lost, yeah. Taking action is part is part of the big part of that program, mm. I guess. And I would always just sort of get stuck at that first step where I didn't feel like I could make space. There's a really good exercise in the book where you just breathe and you imagine that, like, say, if you the feeling of, say, anxiety is in your heart, like you would breathe space around that organ, like literally visualize space, making more space for that um, emotion and it would work really well for about 30 seconds and then I would stop doing it and then I would it would come back mm. whereas now I feel like that space is already inherent and in a well, way like I can I feel separate enough from my overwhelming emotions of like depression hopelessness anxiety the anxiety is actually a tricky one I feel like anxiety is always a bit more like resistant mm. but um, I will more likely to notice what's going on in my head because it feels I feel like I'm one step away and I yeah, make space for it and then I can intercept the train I guess and like knowing the choices I could make over the next few hours that would make it worse like sitting and watching bad YouTube videos and just tweaking it slightly and being like no what if I just watched slightly better YouTube videos and I'll feel better at the end of it and it mm. has worked so far so cool yeah yeah yeah, I think I've also... I'm not sure I felt the same feeling of more space, but I feel... I think I've described it in the past as like... When when I was extremely depressed, which was like for a good two and a half years, like I just wasn't really able to do anything. Mm. Like actually, like I wasn't. Yeah. Like I was going, kind of going to uni, but like, you know, I failed a few classes and... Um, yeah, I wasn't studying, wasn't playing sport and didn't want to do any of them. And then that kind of calmed down a bit. But then I was like, I don't know. I don't really like doing anything. And then whatever, I sort of therapist for a while, psychologist. And then I started seeing a psychiatrist and they were like, so what all this? And I was like, yes, no, well, not like that, but you know, f- almost, almost, um, no, actually nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, but then I think after six weeks of taking them or something or maybe yeah initially my dose was like too strong even though it was a small dose um so like i'm on a ridiculously small dose at the moment but oh, i like it That's um, good. it's working for you yeah but initially the like i think i was able to do stuff because i just didn't feel anything Mm. Like I was like, <laughs> I'd like wake up and be like, ah, this is pretty good. Like this is what normal people must feel like. Yeah, this is happiness. And then I'd like walk around and be like, I'm gonna do that. And then I could do it. And I'd be like, I don't feel anything. Like I don't feel good or bad. Yeah. And then I'd like do something else and be like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel good or bad. That was actually part of the reason why I like years ago I should have been on antidepressants mm. and I decided not to every time because that was my genuine fear right. is like the feeling of like I don't want to be numb I don't want to not experience the highs mm. maybe you know the highs and the lows like that's just part of it um I think also part of it was just this kind of weird guilt thing of like I deserve this mm. like, you know 
suffering. Love it. Mm. Love a bit of suffering. Mm. But um, that, yeah, it actually hasn't ended up really being my experience. Yeah. But I know it is interesting to think about. Like, yeah, I think you're on half the dose of 25. Yeah, 25. I'm on 50. <laughs> yeah, I was on 50 initially. Yeah, and I, I don't know, it doesn't really do much for me. Mm. Like, it does just enough. Well, It's great. Yeah. I feel blessed. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, I was pretty like spaced for like mm. months. Like I think I was on 50 for like, like until earlier this year. So for like, I don't know, nine, eight, nine months. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And eventually it got to the point where like, I just, I don't know. I like didn't. Yeah. I guess it, I realized that for a really long, for a really long time, I hadn't felt much. Like I hadn't felt very sad. And I think it's how I managed to get through the London winter because I was like, <laughs> it's not cold. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's all okay. Yeah. But I'm not very happy. But I'm not very sad. So, And then, yeah, I think what's... So I, I was actually initially going to respond to you being like, I have more space in my brain and in my heart. It's all oxygenated. <laughs> um, I don't think I've really... I don't think it feels like that for me. I think for me it feels like when I was really depressed, I'd be like, people do things such as sport. And historically, I have liked sport. I'm going to do sport. And then I'd think about it. I'd be like, there is no way I can because I don't care about sport anymore. And I don't really care about anything right now. And then I'd just kind of spiral and go. And then, I don't know, not do much and play online chess. <laughs> For hours and hours. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> well, yeah, that's actually for a good like, yeah, yeah. I played a lot. Wow. Um, and then, yeah, and then with the antidepressants, I guess it's felt like I have the thought. I'm like, I enjoy. I've enjoyed sport in the past. I've played recently. I'm gonna play now. I'm gonna do something about playing it now. And then I'm actually playing the thing. Mm. And it just it doesn't feel like picking up the racket and driving to the courts or cycling to the courts is hard. It just doesn't feel hard anymore. Um, and that's something that I don't think I've, I had ever felt. It until. is a strange feeling when you realize that you've been depressed since 15 yeah. or younger. Yeah. Like that was your d- diagnosis date, but you're probably depressed before yeah. that. Like yeah. that's my experience. And, and then yeah, you're like, Oh, like yeah, yes. A few days ago I was digging a hole and it was like eight fifteen in the morning and I was digging a hole to put, a worm farm in the ground and i was like just f- loving it listening to pbs gospel show sunday morning it's like life's gospel. great i sorry pbs gospel show can't recommend it enough i'm not a fan of jesus but i'm a fan of this show <laughs> it's uplifting <laughs> um yeah, I mean, doing, for, whole, sounds doing a cool. bad job i dug a terrible hole but i had a good time for the wormies for the worms and then i could put the worms in and whoa oh i love those worms wow yeah life's good I know it's a terrible time to be alive, but life's actually the best it's ever been right. for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, that's really nice. <laughs> like, seriously, that's really great. I'm really happy for you. Um, and I hope I hope it lasts. Yeah, me too. Um, um, yeah, I'm not sure I have... How are you going, time? Good. Good? You want to rush? I'm not in a rush. Where are you going? Uh, Traffic these days. Traffic. I mean, I'm so busy. Such a busy guy. Such a busy guy. Um, yeah, I. 
I think lifestyle changes feel easier to implement. Okay. Do you know what time I woke up this morning? 4.45. Yes. <laughs> Just a wild guess. Just a wild, <laughs> Just a wild guess. We don't and, know <laughs> And at 3.45, I looked at my phone and I was like, it's 3.45. And I was like, I could get up now. Oof. But you know what I thought? Nah, just snooze for an hour. Just another. And like that is unheard of. Normally, if I got up at 3.45, if I like was awake at 3.45 and saw the time, I would be like, at least another six hours. Mm. At least. At least. Like, bare That's minimum. middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. Like, But, you know, for a while I was going to bed at like four. Yeah. So, I've like pretty much flipped it. Flipped my... In, yeah, and it happened quite quickly. Like, I think in April this year, I was like, fuck this fucking, you know, like, like 8, 9, 10 a.m. bullshit. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to get up at 5. And then I did it. And I've been slowly shifting my rise time since lockdown yeah. pretty much because I have complete control over hmm. bedtime. Um, and that, I think, yeah. back to introversion, I think, I think lockdown has been good for me. Oh, a little so bit, good. a little bit. I, it's really upsetting, honestly. But when dad said, I think we're going to lock down a few days ago, I was like, oh, thank God. I'm so ready mm. <laughs> to be absolved of all of my responsibilities. Mm. Um, and part of that is because like there's some few things like yeah, living in summers, being so far away from everything. Mm. When everything's online, I have ultimate opportunity. So there's like very specific things that become more accessible. But um yeah, it's just really nice having complete control. Mm. But it's like, I, I don't know how to... Okay, here's, here's a moral dilemma for you, oh, right? No. Do you know the trolley problem? I do. Wow. Great. Yeah. Do you need to explain it for the listeners or they're really familiar with it? You talk about it every... This is the, the common segment on the show. Is it actually? <laughs> Alex explains the trolley sure. dilemma. I don't know why it's trolley. I guess in America they it's, call... Yeah, a tram. The tram dilemma for tram. our Melbourne listeners. So you've got a tram. Toot, toot. Toot, toot. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. Then you have a worker on the tram. Line. Line, yep. And... No. Yes. No. Yes. Five. No. You no. have one on the tram. <laughs> you have one on the tram line. I didn't study philosophy. I'm sorry. And then you're over here. Yes. You're and looking got, at the tram I've got line. i the flipper. And... Yeah, you are over here. Yeah. So the tram is heading towards... Gregory. Gregory. But you can pull the lever and uh, deviate, divert, divert divert the trajectory of the tram. But this time it's going to go towards five people. Yeah. So... Philosophy isn't a good degree. To kill Gregory. You're going to waste your time... What the fuck, Alex? What are you, dude? You should have just gone to law school and got a job like the rest of us. No. When... I know about trolleys. I know about trolleys. So, we are... The introvert Mm. is the person who is like, now that I am absolved of all of my responsibilities, (laughs) happiness. Happiness. We are the minority. Yeah. And everyone else, like my dad, is suffering. Every, most people I know are yeah. like, well, I'm a bit, you know, I, like, I, I want to see my friends. It's nice. It I want them nice to be happy. It is nice to see my friends in person. It is nice. And, I will you know, that. to be honest, I would, I would, I don't think I suffer. I don't think I suffer anywhere near as much as they do in isolation. Mm. When I'm, when things are normal. Yeah. 
Yeah. And bear in mind that we haven't even cons- like thought about the reasons. We haven't even spoken about the reasons for lockdown, which is this virus, which mm. is... It feels so separate. Yeah. In the strangest yeah. way. Yeah, because, yeah, I guess. Because we're in Australia. Yeah, like, we're it doesn't feel like a reality yet. And I think in the next few months, it very much might feel like a reality. Yeah. And I was rereading. I wrote a letter to myself at the start of lockdown um, in which <laughs> I sort of said, at the moment, it feels very separate. And at the end of this, all I might be able to think about is, like, say, the death of an Im- immunized, uh, immunosuppressed friend of mine, because mm. I do have quite a few friends mm. that are in an at-risk group or grandparents or mm. just anyone, health workers, like... That might be all I'd be able to think about. But right now, oh, I, I can't really think about anything. It feels very numb. It feels very separate. Yeah. And that's... that's. So, all I think about it, yeah, is how it suits me. Yeah. But <laughs> like... a good time. That's one of the hardest things about... That's another one really hard thing about being a social... I think I just like... I think as I get older, I just like... I just see... I, I think it's quite a weird way of interacting with the world. But I think I often see the world... I often see things that happen and I kind of like form a principle from it or something. Anyway, the principle, mm-hmm. it's not, I haven't thought about it as a principle, but I think people, including me, have a really hard time acknowledging something as being real or as being a potential threat unless it fucking... Yeah, right in the head. Right in the head. Hits yeah. you right in the head. Um, and Which that's, is like kind of nice in a way, most of the time, because mm. there's so many things that can kill us or damage us or mm. do us terrible trauma. And I only really think about falling downstairs <laughs> every well, time I fall down or every time I walk downstairs. rather. Mm. Hey, do you have a USB-C charger? <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be the end of the podcast. Folks. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's okay. Um, but maybe sometime soon. Oh, What's the time? Oh, whoa. Whoa. Hey, thanks so much. Wow. That is just the power That's of podcasting, kids. The most incredible, most incredible experience. Do you have anyone to plug that in? Is there a This is the. No. <gasps> oh. Yeah, but there's nowhere near your computer. Yeah. Um, How long? Do you want to wrap it up? <laughs> do you need to go? Probably in about three minutes. Oh, he's joking. Well, no, that's my plan was to leave at one. Wow. We've been talking for a while. Yeah, we have. How long has it been? One hour. Thanks for being a friend. Um, it's okay. We'll just. It's okay. We'll, we'll we'll say our closing remarks. Okay. Um. What were we just talking about? So I, you said you were going to fall down the stairs. I'm going to fall down the stairs. <laughs> um. Every time I walk down the stairs, I, I imagine myself falling down nice. the stairs. Every time. It's the same like when I'm turning right. I always imagine that a car is going to hit me. Like it's. Wow. Like I even do when actually, you're like walking in the garden and you've got to make a right turn, you're like, fuck. Do you ever go across train tracks and just like the train's coming like in your head? The train's just going to take you out? No. Yeah. I don't know. I'm a very pessimistic person. And even then, I still like feel pretty protected from a lot of the reality of the world because mm. my brain is, does a good job of ignoring things. Mm. You know what? Sometimes when I'm cycling, I do, I do some pretty dumb shit. And <laughs> do you know Brunswick? I... The suburb? Yeah, do you know in it? Uh, yeah, parts of it. <laughs> do you Seems know the new road? Yes. Know that one? Wow. You know, people don't know that it actually goes to Sydney. Did you know that? I didn't know that. What the fuck? Sorry. Who the fuck are you? I'm not from the cultural north <laughs> in the southeast. This is Sydney Road. Yeah. Parallel to Sydney Road is a 
cool bike path. Do you know the bike path? Yeah, the one goes past all the stations. Yeah, the one next to yeah, the yeah, train yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I cycle along there. Yeah, it's a, a lot. great bike path. Um, and sometimes when I cross a perpendicular road, I just look straight and like, and I like. I like listen and mm. I like look out of my, and like, I don't even turn my head and I don't know why. Like I'm so confident that, be fine? that I can like see and that I'd know. And then sometimes I like can feel myself like, you know, I'm like, like I'm looking over there and I'm like, no, no, no. And I properly look and I'm like, ah. but, that is, I don't know what that indicates about you as a person. Yeah. But I guess that is probably like, I think I feel I, for, a, for an anxious person, I think I feel very 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 low road road anxiety. accident anxiety yeah um i feel about maybe that's underdeveloped look maybe maybe man brain man brain yeah <laughs> or just that you're an optimistic <laughs> <laughs> no Sorry. i am not um i find it very interesting of like anytime i lose my phone just temporarily i think well it was bound to happen sometime like i'm just immediately Whoa. accepted that the phone is gone I'm going to have to buy a new one. And I feel the same way of when I think about having a car accident. Like when I am picturing having a car accident, mm. I think it was bound to happen sometime. Like I've already accepted the trauma that will come from any of these incidents. And when we first went to lockdown, I was like, well, I knew it would happen sometime. Like I had already mm. accepted that we were going to have some huge traumatic event. And this will be one of 10 that we will have in our lifetime. Mm. So settle in. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, Jess. Wow, thank you for coming to my podcast. Thank you for coming to... Jess Listens. Jess Listens. No, seriously, thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for coming. That's nice. Thanks for coming to my house. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me inside your house. Thanks. 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 Thanks.